November 25th, 2020. Discovery wants to buy our show. This image was done by Kelsey Robinson from a photo I took of myself in front of the hateful graffiti written on the walls of the GW Zoo. Adam Reed from Think Factory called as we got out of the jacuzzi last night to tell us that Discovery wants to do a two-hour special pilot with our show Carol Baskin's Cage Fight for their new Netflix competing streaming service, but isn't committing to more episodes of the series. Adam says he's confident he can get them to purchase more episodes up front with a second window to Animal Planet. Lawana recently told me that Animal Planet purchased a series starring her brothers moving to Alaska to build shacks out of scraps and to try and live off the land, so I'm a little surprised this is turning out to be such a hard sell. The market jumped to 30000 yesterday with the news that Trump may be giving up on his claim to the presidency and the announcement of a vaccine for COVID-19. I believe such news would result in Hollywood feeling a little more encouraged. I'm not sure what that 30000 was unless maybe it was Bitcoin. Today I'll put together a folder of footage for Adam and Brian to whip up into some episodes to show that there's more than a two-hour special. Mina has been compiling so much evidence for us in the defamation case with Anne McQueen, all of the transfers in and out of Tiger Haven, and trying to chase down the Environmental Protection Agency's reports about the pits at the Sefner Farm, where Mexican Mike said Danny Lewis killed and he helped bury Don. It looks like a subdivision has been built over the spot now, which will make it much harder to excavate without more evidence or testimony to corroborate his story. I think that given what law enforcement knows about who Don really was, they have very little reason to pursue the matter. It's my reputation that has been sullied by the accusations of animal abusers and those who sought to take over my real estate business, so I have the most to gain from the truth. I just need to weigh the cost of replacing homes and digging up acres and acres of ground against the benefit of maybe finding him. We met with Kenny Farr today to discuss the timing of the house he moved in exchange for some guns I gave him. He said there were about 20 long guns, no automatics, and four or five pistols. He said Trish had given all of them to the sheriff's office back when she reported him for domestic violence, so maybe there was a list there. It had to be before the mall opened in March of 1999 because he said the mall hadn't been built yet and they were widening the road in preparation of the development at the time that he brought the house in at night and parked it beside the Circle K across the street until daylight to get it down Easy Street. While we were talking to him, Wayne Paselli called to announce that Representative Steny Hoyer was scheduling the Big Cat Public Safety Act for a vote on the suspension calendar Wednesday. That ended up cutting our time with Kenny short, as how we wanted to follow up on that right away. Meanwhile, our coalition of Kate Dzluski, Howard Baskin, Carol Baskin, Alicia Przgoski, Carson Berelek, Debbie Leahy, Lisa Wathney, Elizabeth Smith, Jennifer Place, and Jocelyn Zimian set up a meeting to discuss the email that said, Subject, Big Cat's Floor Vote. Call at 2 p.m. today. We've been secretly working with Wayne Paselli outside of the coalition due to his relationship to HSUS. This email was from him to us. Here's a working group for lobbying the Big Cat Public Safety Act between now and the suspension vote on Wednesday. I've added Max Frankel with Mr. Quigley, who pestered Mr. Hoyer, and got a commitment to bring this up under suspension. Max has been on task in pushing this bill forward every step of the way. Max, as you know, Will Kiley and Mr. Fitzpatrick has been a great co-leader with you on the issue, and Will Turner with Mr. Garcia have been super engaged and is diving in to help. They will be key to any successful whipping effort. 
Congressman Denham is all in on this as well, as I mentioned, and will work the Republican caucus in a strategic way, starting with the minority leader and the whip. Kathleen will work with Congressman Denham to maintain our Republican target list, and everyone is encouraged to report into them after they're after there are contacts with Republicans. How about we rate a solid supporter as a one and a solid opponent as a five? It seems our universe of Republicans is potentially large on this, with the toughest group being the natural resources Republicans, who voted pretty lockstep against the measure, and other very close allies of Mr. Bishop. We had worked on some talking points aimed at Republicans before the election. Here they are. Our emergency responders do not want to have to come face to face with a lion or a tiger in crisis. These animals are large and powerful carnivores. Our emergency responders are not trained to handle confined or free roaming animals in an agitated state during their work. Some years ago, a disturbed animal owner released dozens of large, powerful animals into the community in Zanesville, Ohio, and deputies had to shoot and kill 60 animals as dusk fell at great personal risk. Years before that, there was a similar situation that developed in Pocatello, Idaho. Joe Exotic, the owner of an Oklahoma roadside zoo featured in Tiger King, ran a sideshow in an area prone to tornadoes and other natural disasters. If a tornado tore up his facility, the sheriff would have been overwhelmed with 100-plus free-roaming tigers. His chief animal handler at the facility worked with one arm if the other one had been torn off by a tiger. When roadside zoos dump tigers and lions after they are too big to handle, they become an unfunded liability for the next 20 years. Government agencies, reputable zoos, and animal welfare groups take in these animals to help them, but it comes at great and unanticipated it comes at great and unanticipated expense. It may cost as much as a million dollars to house, feed, and care for a tiger for 20 years. Why should these groups have to spend that kind of money to clean up someone else's mess? The tigers and lions bred for the pet trade, or as roadside attractions, do not have good lives. They typically live in substandard conditions, and life almost never turns out well for them. The Big Cat Public Safety Act is broadly supported by law enforcement in the zoological community and animal welfare groups. The Zoological Association of America, ZAA, has withdrawn its opposition, and there is no opposition from the Farm Bureau or NRA or hunting or agricultural groups. Wayne Paselli, president of Animal Wellness Action. And then this was an email that was sent out by the Honorable Mike Quigley. I need to give that like a subheading so I know that it's separate. And it started out, the subject line was, Seen Tiger King? Support the Big Cat Public Safety Act. Seen Tiger King on Netflix? Support the Big Cat Public Safety Act. Protect tigers, lions, leopards, pumas, and other big cats from cruel and miserable living conditions. Dear colleague, if you've, if you've seen Tiger King on Netflix, you understand the need for the Big Cat Public Safety Act. We encourage you to support the Big Cat Public Safety Act, bipartisan legislation to end the ownership of dangerous big cats as pets, and to prohibit exhibitors from allowing public contact with cubs. According to morning consult polling, 69% of those polled, including 72% of Tiger King viewers, said they would back a move by the federal government to ban the private possession of big cats, such as tigers and lions. Join more than 230 members and support the Big Cat Public Safety Act. 
Across the country, thousands of big cats like tigers, lions, leopards, and pumas are kept in miserable, insecure, and unsafe conditions by irresponsible owners. These animals often come from a vicious cycle of breeding perpetuated by unscrupulous facilities looking to make a profit off of cub petting or cub photo opportunities. It is an issue that causes immeasurable animal suffering and introduces inexcusable threats to human safety. These conditions also put law enforcement officer in harm's way when when responding to escapes and attacks. State laws regarding private ownership of big cats are inconsistent, and some states have no, have few or no laws regarding the keeping of big cats. A uniform federal law is necessary to end this dangerous industry once and for all. The Big Cat Public Safety Act is a simple and straightforward solution to the devastating and growing crisis of negligent big cat breeding and ownership. A floor vote is expected on the bill next week. If you have questions, please contact Max Frankel. And then it was signed by Mike Quigley, member of Congress, and Brian Fitzpatrick. And then it listed the 229 co-sponsors in the 116th. And I'm not going to call out all of those names for you. It was endorsed by the Animal Welfare Institute, International Fund for Animal Welfare, Humane Society Legislative Fund, Born Free USA, Big Cat Rescue, Lincoln Park Zoo, Detroit Zoo, Oakland Zoo, Association of Zoos and Aquariums, National Sheriff's Association, National Animal Care and Control Association, Florida Animal Control Association, Illinois Animal Control Association, Wolf Sanctuary, Safe Haven Wildlife Sanctuary, Wildcat Ridge Sanctuary, Cedar Hill Animal Sanctuary, Forest Animal Rescue, Black Pine Animal Sanctuary, The Elephant Sanctuary, Animal Charities, Evaluators, Keepers of the Wild, Lockwood Animal Rescue, Carolina Tiger Rescue, Lions, Tigers, and Bears, Performing Animal Welfare Society, and The Wildcat Sanctuary. In additional background, There have been more than 700 dangerous incidents in the U.S. involving big cats, including hundreds of human injuries, maulings, and deaths. In many cases, the animals were shot and killed, often by first responders who are not equipped to deal with these situations. Among the most dramatic example was an October 2011 incident in Zanesville, Ohio, in which a private exotic animal owner released dozens of big cats near a community, requiring law enforcement to kill the cats and risk their own lives for the sake of public safety. Big cats are wild animals and suffer when kept as pets. They are often purchased as babies, and private owners typically are not able to manage them once they're fully grown. Consequently, the animals are frequently left to language in grossly substandard conditions and are often deprived of sufficient space, adequate veterinary care, a nutritious diet, and enrichment. It is standard procedure for some roadside zoos to separate babies from their mothers so they can charge the public to pet and play with the cubs. This is an inhumane and unhealthy practice that can cause lifelong physical and psychological problems or even death for the cubs. Young cats who very quickly outgrow their usefulness in the cub handling industry end up warehoused at substandard zoos, in quotes, sold to the exotic pet trade, or possibly even killed and sold for parts, all while a vicious cycle of constant breeding churns out more babies to be exploited. State Department efforts to work with foreign governments to stop tiger farming 
and trafficking in Southeast Asia and China are currently hamstrung by the existence of a big cat crisis in our own backyards, ending the excessive breeding of big cats for petting and photo ops would lend the U.S. greater credibility in conservation efforts abroad. This rampant breeding of big cats may also contribute to illegal international wildlife trafficking. Illegal trade in big cat parts like skins and bones is big business, and there is currently no way to know how many U.S.-born big cats are exploited and killed for the black market trade. Bill type HR 1380. If you're enjoying my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. You can find other ways to connect to me over at bigcatrescue.org forward slash carol.baskin.